and welcome back to the She Leads The Way podcast, where we celebrate women in business and women in life. I'm your host, Nikki Bedford, and today we're joined by Lara Seuss. She is the head of communications at MG Motors, and today we're going to be talking about how to excel as a woman within a male-dominated industry, as well as life as a communications executive. Lara, thank you for joining me. Well, thanks so much for inviting me, Nikki. So firstly, just to start off, I'd love to hear about you, your journey and how you moved into communications. Yeah, so I have a an unconventional journey, just like the brand. Um, I obviously am Lebanese, so uh, born and raised in Lebanon, worked for a couple of years, decided to venture out to Dubai to find out what the hype is all about. Yeah. Um, And that was during the time when Facebook was really a big hit and Mark Zuckerberg was all over the press. (laughs) Um, So I was like, okay, this is really awesome. I want to work in social media. Um, And so I ventured out in Dubai. I crash couched my friend's house until I found a job. And I was um, approached by a German advertising agency to work on the BMW Group account. Oh, cool. Um, So I worked on BMW, Mini Cooper, Rolls Royce. Um, I was doing client servicing. I was doing content creation um, in addition to all the campaigns, regional and tactical campaigns for the Middle East offices and across the region. And for me, I would not have thought that Someone like me, who's typically a girly girl, would be into the automotive industry, um, as I thought that this is something that's very much male-focused and male-dominant, and I thought that I did not have the skill sets to be in this genre of work. But I surprised myself because throughout the years, I just enjoyed the work that I was doing. I I enjoyed seeing the campaigns and the creative concepts that we were putting out there actually materialize, not just in the region, but with our customers. Mm. Um, And so this is how my journey started back in 2013. And then I moved on to work with bigger agencies, joined um, massive automotive groups like Audi, Volkswagen, and now with uh, Side Group heading the uh, comms for the MG Motor brand. Amazing, amazing. So we'll get to all of that, but just I'd love to take a step back for a second. So you actually, one of your first roles was within the automotive space. Yes. Have you, did you always love like cars growing up or did you find that you were mo- you moved into this space and you're like, oh, actually, I quite like it here. I feel like I belong here. Um, do you know what? My brother actually used to force us to watch the F1. Well, And I grew up I grew up with two um older brothers. So obviously I'm like the little tomboy, but I can also be like the yeah. girly girl. But um yeah, just played football with them over the weekend and kinda like chilled with them, doing some gaming and stuff and um, him, his obsession with, with cars, he's a mechanical engineer. Um, and so he actually was obsessed with watching the F1. I'm a huge um, F1 fan myself, and I absolutely love like the motorsport industry. Um, so for me, um, I never really thought that the automotive industry in general was something that I will see myself in. Mm. I thought this was something that is just passing. 
that I will end up doing something a little bit more on the fashion side or something a little bit more lifestyle-y. Well, it's definitely a little less just, feel from there. Not at all. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so that's gone out the window. And I think it uh, was uh, during COVID that I realized um, I, re- I really have a passion for automotive marketing. I enjoy um, working on these creative campaigns, trying to um, push out the products in the market, working with media and doing all of these um, campaigns that will have an effect on people. Yeah. Do you think that it's helped your career? So you, I note that you were in media agency side and you're on client side. How did you find the balance of both of those two? Um, well, I always get asked this question, is the grass greener on the other side? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But to me, I find like there are pros and cons to both, um, both industries. Um, I do find obviously... Uh, a lot of learnings that can be taken from the agency side and a lot of learnings or different kind of learnings that can be taken from the corporate side. So when you're in the agency side, you have this opportunity to work on a lot of brands. You have the opportunity to work with different people, um, so many different cultures yeah. in and out. Um, obviously, if it's a, it's a big agency, so you are exposed to a lot of more multinational individuals, whereas in the corporate world, um, it can be a little bit limited. But at the same time, you go heavy with learning on uh, learning how to develop the business um, and especially in the automotive industry, because that's what makes it very exciting with MG in particular, because it was more like a startup automotive brand. We had to um we had to deploy everything from scratch. We had to put all the foundations from scratch. And it was absolutely exciting for us, especially for me, to to be a part of that journey and see how to set up an automotive business and how to make that impact happen in the market. Yeah, that's incredible. Before I tell you, before I ask you more about the impact that you created, Tell me a little bit more about your role in communications and how you made your way into that field, because naturally, being agency side, then moving client side in the automotive realm, there are so many different departments that you could could have been working in. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, I think getting into comms was not easy, to be honest. Um, so I started with just uh, basic social media, um, client servicing, uh, the 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 one on one meetings with uh, general managers and marketing directors, etc. Um, and slowly, slowly, I started building those skill sets that helped me obviously service my clients and the people that I was working with. So I did my client servicing and I wanted to develop my PR side, um, getting to know media across the region and trying to really understand how the public relations industry actually functions. And so when I was approached by um, Volkswagen to join them in-house as a public relations officer. This was something that I was absolutely thrilled about because I knew that this is this was exactly what I needed um, in order for me to tick all the boxes when it comes to overall communications. And so when the opportunity presented itself to me, I went for it. And this is how I got into the comms. I felt like I was able to tap into the social the digital, the online, the creative, 
uh, working side by side with events agencies yeah. to roll out our plans um, on ground and at the same time working with the uh, PR, with the journalists, not only automotive, lifestyle tech, influencers, content creators, to also see the fruits of our um, of our product, of our campaigns materialize on the PR front. Yeah, that's great. Uh, given you've been within the communications field for 10 plus years, is that right? 10 plus years. <laughs> you would have seen so many changes. The importance of social media is paramount when getting a message across. How have you seen that change uh, during your tenure and how do you use it to your benefit with your strategies? Absolutely. I think social media is um, is not highly valued still. And I hope that it is actually valued or looked at as a serious platform because the first thing that customers do or consumers do is go on social media to consume content. Mm. They no longer go on a website. They no longer actually visit a store. The first thing they do is they look on the social media pages of a product or, or of a brand and they scroll through the content to try and see if this is attractive to them or if this if this actually fits their persona. Um, throughout the years, it's actually amazing for me to see how the platforms evolve, but more so how the communities that we are a part of also evolve to adapt to those changes that the social media platforms presented. Um, you get to see a lot more content being developed on Reels. You see a huge spike with content creators and influencers, especially post during and post COVID mm. times. Um, you see brands be a lot more human, a lot more sensitive, and you get to see that rigidity that they previously had prior to COVID almost disappear because of the uh, flexibility that the social media platforms have offered, yeah. um, not just consumers, but also the brands. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and it's funny because typically within the automotive field, it's always been TV first, just by, by the nature of being able to get the communication across because it's a vehicle and you need the features and benefits. Would you say that it's more of a balance between TV in terms of awareness, but social media for the engagement? 100%. I think at some point we thought that uh, TV and out-of-home um, comms were absolutely dead, mm -hmm. especially after we came out of um, COVID um, because people were not consuming TV anymore. They were consuming the um, streamlined applications, so yeah. the likes of Netflix and Shahid, um, OSN, Disney+, Plus, etc. So people were not consuming the regular or they were not watching the regular TV programs that we all grew up watching. Um, and so for us, I think that now there needs to be a, a balance between both platforms. It's not only out of home or TV, the, the traditional broadcast channels um, or the outdoor billboards, uh, lampposts, etc. But it's also a solid mix between how your comms can be on social media, online, and also how the exact same message can be translated to your outdoor uh, communication platforms. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that we need to communicate in market is incredibly important. How do you stay relevant? Yes, um, that's a very good question, Nikki. Um, with our consumers right now and how our consumers are shaped, they are 
those millennials that consume content left, right, and center, they are very tech savvy. They are well aware of what brands are putting out there. You cannot um, BS anything. So you have to um, be very transparent and you have to be very open about what you're communicating. Um, that being said, the way that we stay relevant is by trying to communicate by trying to communicate to our consumers across all platforms. And we use the right mediums and the right pieces of content when we're producing it, when we're putting it out there to make sure that we're targeting our consumers properly with um, the content that we're producing. Yeah, fantastic. And then in terms of the impact that that has had, can you give us any examples of successful campaigns that you've ran? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, um, MG is an unconventional um, automotive brand. And um, the one challenge that we had, or the first challenge that I personally had with the brand was when I joined them um, during lockdown and uh, everyone was doing uh, a freeze on hires, except for MG, they had an opportunity. Wow, really? Yeah. And I just went for it. So I'm actually really happy and super blessed um, to have taken this risk yeah. and to have taken this opportunity, which is something that we will we will come back to um, later. But um, yeah, basically, we had a challenge to launch a um, compact SUV um, that had a brand new facelift, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of tech features, uh, panoramic sunroof, um, dual tone interior, um, turbo compact SUV and uh, we, we had to launch it during lockdown. And so what we did was we thought about the features that this car has to offer. We thought about the USPs or the unique selling points that this car has to offer. And we also took into consideration the target audience that we want to communicate with. And because this car um, from its segment, how it's positioned and at the same time from the uh, demographic and the psychographic breakdown of our consumers, we decided to uh, communicate to the younger generation, um, those young millennials. Yeah. As such, we um, had a purely online social media campaign when everyone was in lockdown and almost 30% of the workforce f workforce were allowed to, uh, to leave their homes. Um, we were running this mega campaign with uh, seven influencers, each influencer in one unique market in the GCC. Um, and the tagline of our product was Max Tech, Max Thrill, uh, Max Power. With that, uh, we created a challenge that uh, users had to submit their most unique entry yeah. for one minute to the max. And oh gosh, did you have any like thrill seekers throwing themselves off the... I, d I had some, <laughs> I, we had... <laughs> We had some part four hit. Yeah. I was like, this is really wild. Um, and we had um, people doing burpees for one minute, which to me is like, yeah, on really strong. Um, but yeah, we had like people singing for a minute. We yeah, had great. people had, uh, they submitted like their fastest um, sprint for a minute. Um, so it was really, really great for a minute. Yeah, I know. I can barely do 20 seconds. I can barely do 20 seconds. So. 
Uh, we were really impressed. Like we had over 800 entries and we were going through all of these entries to just make sure that we select the one person who is the most eligible. Obviously, we had uh, such solid mm. entries as well. Um, oh my God, who won? What did they do? Um, so she did the burpees for burpees. I don't blame you. That is that is very impressive. How long did we do? You have to upload that. I I actually did not count because um yeah well at some, some point you stop counting. But um we we surprised her and the influencer from her market actually we called her um into the showroom. She had no idea that she actually won. We, yeah, we, we, we did tell her that um, we would like to ask you a few questions about your entry. So if you don't mind coming to the showroom, because we just want to clarify a few things. And she was such a team player. So she came, Good her goodness. husband dropped her. And did you tell her that she had to prove it and do a minute worth of burpees? <laughs> <laughs> In order to get past dropping in me yeah, So you need to verify this. So you need to, yeah. No, we did not. Uh, but yeah, she did win a brand new car. And I think uh, that really for us set the tone for the brand and it set the tone for the sort of uh, creative content that the brand wants to put out yeah. there in the market. Yeah, fantastic. That's amazing. Um, and just as we were coming out of um, COVID, we were launching a brand new um, sports sedan, uh, which was inspired by our classic MGB. Mm. Uh, which is called the MGGT Gran Turismo. Um, this car was made for the rebellious drivers. Oh, that's uh, me. That, <laughs> that's each one of us. We are uh, rebels like that. And uh, we thought that um, in order to do something that's a lot more engaging, but this time with, with the press and with the media, we wanted to challenge them. So we worked very closely with our um, regional agencies, um, uh, Havas and performance yeah. communication. We uh, created this really cool track. So uh, even though we were on the Dubai Autodrome, we decided to create like an exclusive track and something similar-ish to Top Gear where you have the celebrities get behind the wheel to try to beat the tie. Mm -hmm. We challenged the, the media whilst they were all watching each other actually go and do multiple rounds. Um, to uh, push the car to its limit and try to get the fastest lap um, during the the course that we've uh, that we've made, um, it was such a cool experience uh, for the media. It was a full house. Uh, we were very limited with the number of uh, media anyway that we were allowed to invite because again we were quite conscious that we were yes. just coming out of COVID um, and the restrictions were there, but still for us to have. Uh, a full house of 30 media and have this campaign be a mega success is something that uh, I will never forget. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. So we're going to pivot slightly um, and talk about uh, essentially being a woman within a heavily male-dominated industry. How have you found that? You've been working in this industry for essentially your entire career. I'd love to know your thoughts. Yes, it is very overwhelming. I think uh, for me, like I said, I never thought in a million years that someone like me would actually be in the automotive industry. And this is something that I'm still trying to like figure out as I go through my career. Um, 
working in a male dominant environment, whether it's in the automotive industry or any industry can be overwhelming, but there are a lot of opportunities, especially for the women out there who have a passion for motorsport and automotive marketing. For me, I've had the best mentors um, as females, and I've also had the best mentors as males. My current um, uh, marketing director, Junaid Bukhari, he is a great role model, has helped me throughout my career, um, and he's a great reference as well when it comes to um, how to present yourself and obviously how to take on these challenges where we are doing unconventional marketing campaigns. We are doing unconventional content for the brand. And I think um, with his strategic vision and the leadership of our managing director, Mr. Tom Lee, they have been very strong backbone pillars. And I wouldn't say my success because I don't like to consider myself, I don't like to um, place myself as successful, but I would probably say that they have been very strong key pillars in the success that the brand has made and the brand has made upon me as mm. well. Mm. Well, you certainly are successful. Uh, but in terms of, would you say that there have been any challenges as a woman within this industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for females in, in general, uh, working in a male-dominant uh, industry does have its own challenges and the automotive industry has come a long way from where it was in the past to where it is now. Sometimes for females when they are surrounded or when they are in a room surrounded by these big male personalities, it could be a bit overwhelming mm -hmm. for them to get their ideas through or to get their points through as well in case they feel very strongly about it. Um, but if there's one piece of advice I can give is if you feel strongly about something that you are passionate about, if you understand what um, the pain points are, and if you have a vision to how uh, the these pain points can be resolved in the future, or uh, you just want to make your point heard, then stick to your gut. Um, and make sure that your point is properly heard because there's a lot for women to prove in this industry. And I think we are slowly seeing that um, the female force is having this strong impact, not only in the automotive industry, but within the marketing industries of the uh, in, in automotive. Yeah, beautiful. So lastly, what is the best piece of career advice you've ever been given? Um, not that I have a lot, but the first one was... Uh, Tell us your only piece of career advice you've ever been given. Um, so yeah, funny enough, I think because my my mom always used to make fun of me um, never shutting up. So yeah. like, Laura, you have to work in comms. You never stop talking. No, mom. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that. Um, so yeah, for, for me, I think the best piece of advice that I got was to, to genuinely follow my passion. And my passion, anyone's passion is outside your comfort zone, 100%. Um, despite what everyone says, I've been told that I'm not good enough in community management and this is where I actually started. So I was doing community management as a social media account executive and 
I did not let this Debbie Downer talk stop me from pursuing my dreams and stop me from chasing my goals. At the end of the day, it's you who should feel strongly about the vision that you have for yourself. And usually these things are outside your comfort zone. Yeah. So the best piece of advice I got was to take the risk, go for it, and hopefully it will materialize for you no matter what decision or action you take. That's great. And actually, I really should ask you, um, what is your favorite car? What is your fave? Like, if that should have been question number one, uh, I mean, in MG Motors, like, what is it? Um, well, I have to be a bit biased. Oh, um, what? It's gonna, it's an MG Motors car. <laughs> um, I do love the MG GT. Okay. It is, it is um, a very rebellious sports sedan. Um, but I also have a second favorite. Wait, the- what color in the in the first one? Um, I have two favorite colors. One is the black when okay. I'm feeling all like sleek. Black and, and badass. Yeah. And the second one is yellow because that's the flashy, vibrant color that the car comes in. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's the standard. That's yeah. the go-to. Yeah. That's the go-to. Oh, yeah, like if, if I want to be seen or if I want to like be that flashy person. As you should. And as we all should. Yeah. I'll have that. The, I'll have that. Um, okay. Yellow car. Um, but I also am a bit biased because the very first automotive brands that I worked on were the BMW group accounts and my favorite was the Mini Cooper. Yeah. I also have a soft spot for Mini. I do too. They're just the most adorable little car. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they can make, um, like, uh, an exclusive, um, uh, version of the classics again, but I know these are very dangerous when you see how small they were yeah. compared to the size of the actual mini right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely gotten bigger, but they're still quite cute. Yeah, they're very cute to like sniff around. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Lara. Thank Thanks for so joining us. This is She Leads the Way with Lara Seuss, and we'll see you next time. Bye.